What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. We're glad to be back after our week off at the Mint Collective. I'm your host, Ooh. Rob Tran. Joining me as always, Ivan Lovegren. How are you, Ivan? It was good to see you. I'm good, Rob. It was great to see you. Um, it was our first time really uh, seeing each other, wasn't it? In a since, while. Yeah, since most since the National. Um, doesn't feel like we were off though last week. I don't know if you follow us on Twitter. Hopefully you do, but we were live tweeting for like two days straight. Uh, so yeah, good to be back though here on the format where we can have a little more interaction, a little more conversation instead of just regurgitating what we're hearing from the stage. So how was your flight back and everything, Rob? (laughs) I made it, um, you know, as good as a red eye gets, um, I slept maybe a couple hours, um, left at 11. It was 83 degrees at the airport. Got in it, just got in at six in the morning. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) I think my daughter gave me her cold when I got back. Um, and I got, it was 19 degrees here. So that's a pretty drastic temperature swing. And, uh, you know, I didn't bring my winter coat with me on the plane or anything. So my, uh, waiting out by the airport shuttle. Yeah. That might not have helped either, uh, to take me to remote parking, but, uh, nobody wants to hear about any of that. Um, we just want to hear if you got, did you get a pod on your, on your first class? I did get a pod. Well, no, not a pod. I mean, I don't know if you've ever flown first class on United. It, it's just like an oversized seat with some extra room. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I was saying was I oh, have flown God. first class on, um, I'm not sure if it was United or Delta, but one of them, I was able to upgrade both ways. And one of the ways had the little, had this little pod where the pods alternate the way that they're facing. So you can actually lay all the way down without the person. Like you can go flat. I was hoping for that for you. It's an experience I will never forget. Uh, That's awesome. Well, we got a big show, so let's get right into it this evening. Um, And we're going to kick it off with some bonus giveaways. Um, Whenever we come back from a show, we like to bring some goodies with us. So we've got two goodie bags. Um, I took them out of uh, the tops bag that they were in and put one of our fancy new GoGTS live bags with that awesome QR code that goes right to our Twitch channel, which is pretty cool. Um, and so what do we got in here? Uh, some stuff from Beckett. Uh, really, really nice Mesa Tundra water bottle, Ooh. 20 ounces. It's got the, a cap with a carabiner hook. It's got 
the a straw. It's got a sippy lid or whatever. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Perfect um, for kids and grownups alike. Right. Um, a Beckett hat with their fancy new logo. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, yeah, lots oh, of news yeah. from Beckett that we'll be reporting on today. Slab stand. Uh, we got a slab stand holder there. Plus that red thing in there is like a uh, box divider. So kind of a variety pack there. Uh, I did throw the tops bag in there though, in case you guys want that. Let's see what else we got. Um, oh, cool. So slab strong. Remember we had an uh, interview with those guys. One of those is in there. And let's yep. see. Um, I've got each bag will have two national baseball card day packs. Ooh, that's a little bonus. That wasn't from the Mint Collective. Two American hockey card day packs. Oh, hey. <laughs> Three super glow packs. Oh, got a little glow up going on in there. Oh, let's see. And a, uh, a box of Tops opening day baseball. So we're not just giving away the Mint Collective goodies. You're also throwing sealed wax, sealed packs in there, Rob. That's how I roll, man. That's awesome. how I roll. So, hey, to get that started, this is for our early viewers. Those who tune in later aren't even going to know how to win. Uh, go to twitter.com slash Live right now and retweet our Twitch link to the live show. So it's not going to be one of those normal retweet and all that uh, things. It's just going to say, hey, we're live on Twitch. Retweet that. That will get you entered to win those bonus giveaways from the Mint Collective and Rob's Closet. So that's pretty nice. Um, and <laughs> did we already say it? Somebody else just said it in the chat, so maybe we tweeted it. WWE Prism will be fire. Well, we have a stacked show tonight, including the world debut of Panini Prism WWE. I can't wait. There's been so much hype and excitement among WWE collectors that I follow for this that I'm excited for them. We've also got the worldwide debut of clearly Donruss NFL football, which debuts tomorrow on Panini, but you can see it here first before chasing those boxes tomorrow. Um, and some good hobby segments, some great videos. But first, Rob, I'm so excited to get your take on our poll question today, which took a little extra work. You had to read two tweets to get the poll. So I hope if you have not yet already, remember you need to go to twitter.com slash go GTS live anyways to enter to win those prize packs. And then while you're there, check out our pinned tweet and vote in that poll. Do that. Um, so just a little context. We were supposed to have a special guest on this evening, and I'm going to apologize in advance if I sneeze a couple times, <laughs> like right there. Um, Lord, we bless were supposed you. to have a special guest on tonight to give this poll some context. But right now, we want to know looking at the two pictures in our pinned tweet, one is a card with an autographed Michael Jordan ticket from Ooh. the 1982 NCAA championship game. The other, but inside a card that's listed a one, one, of one of one card. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, from exquisite basketball 
2013-14 exquisite basketball. And the other picture is the ticket just by itself. So we want to know, would you rather? Mm. Which would you rather have? And with 174 people voting already, 61.5% are voting for the upper deck one of one card. 38.5% are voting for the ticket PSA slabbed card. So we're going to effort to bring our special guest in next week um, to have further conversation about this, but this will kind of set the table, if you will. So I voted for the upper deck one of one card. What about yourself, Ivan? Uh, do you even need to ask? It's a card show, man. Uh, the memorabilia <laughs> is cool. Uh, it should be noted the PSA slab is slabbed as authentic. The Jim Mint 10 on the PSA slab is only referring to the auto, not the actual ticket, not the there condition of the ticket. There you go. Um, so I voted for the card, a one of one. Had it ever been done before that was done in Exquisite Collection? We might have to wait till next week to find out the answer. Um, but this is relevant right now because the ticket. Well, you know what? Squ- wait, wait, screw this. You're, you're We're going to let, let's let's talk about it. We're going to. OK, okay. Here's <laughs> it's the <deal>. burning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it really is burning. And I did get. Okay, So Jason Yanglin is uh, an account representative at GTS Distribution. But before working uh, for us at GTS, he was in product development at Upper Deck. He was the product development lead on 2013-14 Upper Deck Exquisite Basketball, and he put his absolute heart and soul into the product. And while he's not one to take a ton of credit for himself, you know he is responsible for something else that is not widely known. You know, signature kicks was his creation, his vision, and so you know it's been spun off by Panini with Soul. I forget what their take on it is, but basically autographed sneaker cards. You can thank Jason Yangling and his team at Upper Deck. But um, over dinner this past week at the Mint Collective, uh, Jason shared with me that, number one, the card on the left, he really considers his crowning achievement in trading card product development and for very good reason. I mean, to source that thing, to get it autographed, I mean, just a lot goes into it. And so the story doesn't end there though. Lo and behold, one of his best customers buys the card, consigns it to golden and golden convinces the consigner to bust it out of the card and have it slabbed by PSA. So you can imagine how bittersweet mixed feelings that Jason has about the whole thing. I'm not going to go into any more detail, but that was the impetus for this poll. It's a great story. I wish he would have been able to be the one to tell it, but I'm sure that I hardly did it justice. And hopefully we'll have Jason on next week so we can have a little bit more detailed conversation. And if there's any questions you'd like us to ask him, well, you know how to get a hold of us in the meantime. So sorry to cut you off there, Ivan. So that's okay. I just then again, it is worth adding just the details around that, which is the card is 
now, or sorry, the ticket is now at auction on Golden. It ends next Saturday, so, so it'll still see, be relevant to have Jason yes, on to exactly. talk about There's it. There's a method to um, the madness that Ivan thankfully pointed out as we were going on air. Yeah, and Jason was supposed to be on today, but had a, a personal thing with his family he had to get taken care of. And you know, we always definitely put that first. For family first, Jason. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm maybe I'm slightly biased because I absolutely love Jason. If you ever met him, you would too. He's one of the nicest humans in the entire card industry. Um, probably outside of it too. Uh, sure. But at the same time, I really do think there's something just about that, that, you know, I'm, I'm such a provenance, uh, person that for me, I can't separate the Jordan auto, which keep in mind, the ticket was not autographed until upper deck got the ticket for inclusion in the product because of upper decks connection with Michael Jordan. You know, just looking at at the picture of the card, I mean, for me, the way it's framed, the context of, you know, with Jordan's picture, that shot, you know, it's just it all works so well. And it's it's a true one of one. There's never been another one even close to being like it. So, um, yeah, uh, it's. What a, what an interesting story. So anyway, we want to know, you know, for, forget what we think. We want to know what you think. So uh, we will update uh, the poll question after our first uh, video segment break. And uh, we'll see if there's any traction on this. But uh, uh, most of you leaning the way that Ivan and I lead as this poll is almost, you know, a third to two thirds. So, yeah. So real quick, cause there is some, some chat about it. Uh, Mike OSUS, is that just a photo of the ticket on the card? No. So the card was actually like the a ticket cut on the, on the right was popped out of that card. Yeah. So <laughs> Rob, have you seen that since like, or was that, cause I know that was the only one they did in that product. It wasn't like there was a string of tickets have you seen that since, or is that the only time that's ever happened? Because that's a great idea in general, I think, for a well, subset. Back in the day, uh, I want to say 2003, Fleer did something uh, kind of interesting called with a product called Fleer Authentics, T-I-X. Mm. And there was, it wasn't this beautiful there, there were some tickets embedded in cards. I don't remember if any of them were actually autographed, though. And I guarantee you, it, since it was in a baseball product, that none of them were actually autographed by Michael Jordan in retrospect. Uh, what are you talking a, about? Of a NCAA championship. You didn't let me finish. Okay. <laughs> you and all those those extra caveats that you like to throw in in the, in those run on sentences. Yeah. I'm looking at some of them on eBay now to try to find the actual ticket. I see like there's a LeBron James from 2003 ticket clear authentics. Did they end up doing just a ticket only product at some point or was this ticket inserted and folded in there? Interesting. Yeah. You know, it says, I mean, it says ticket stud, so it's actually an insert that just looks remarkably like a ticket and is as long. Some of gotcha. them, some of them actually had real tickets hole. in them, but yeah, 
Um, for the <laughs> most spend part, all night was, googling clear authentics while you're <laughs> you're carrying yeah. the show. Exactly. Uh, Tom Brady has some Dwayne Wade rookie clear authentics. Uh, okay, yeah, let's move on. But hopefully, we can get Jason on next week to talk about in more depth about that because there's so much more to unpack there. Yeah, there really is, and actually, because we probably won't be as packed next week, we'll be able to spend a little bit more time with him. All right, so let's uh, switch gears and dive into uh, a lot of news notes and nuggets from around the web about this hobby we all love in our weekly hobby happenings segment. So here's a look. Well, Loop is taking nominations in search of America's best card shop. The company has partnered with Tops, the Miami Marlins, and Blowout Cards for a four month long competition with the winning store to receive an incredible prize package that includes $25,000 for store improvements, an exclusive streaming deal with Loop, a $2,000 Best Buy gift card, a $1,000 Vistaprint gift card, a new iOS device for streaming, a professionally produced video and brand logo redesign, a loop sponsored trade night, an athlete appearance and signing at their shop. And they wanted to add and more like that wasn't enough already, but don't worry. It's not about the aesthetics and product selection that will determine the winner. Instead, according to Loop, entrants should make strides to foster a welcoming and inclusive environment, one that regularly gives back to their communities and helps educate newcomers to the hobby. Four finalists will be selected by the America's Best Card Shop panel of judges that includes Loop's founder and CEO, Eric Doty, Tops Hobby Sales Director, Kevin O'Neill, Women of the Hobby co-founder and industry veteran, Susan LeJudai, Green Bay Packers running back, A.J. Dillon, and artist and entrepreneur, D.J. Ski. Talk about a five-star panel of judges. For more, here's Loop's CEO, Eric Doty. Hey everyone, all of us here at Loop are excited to finally announce America's Best Card Shop, a four month long competition celebrating local card shops. Starting today, everyone from shop owners to their customers can submit their neighborhood card shop to be entered as America's Best Card Shop. We've put together a great panel of judges made up of Kevin O'Neill from Tops, Women of the Hobby co-founder and industry veteran, Suze, DJ Ski, and Green Bay Packers running back, AJ Dillon. This panel of judges will help us review all submissions and narrow it down to four finalists. Then the real fun begins for us. We'll travel to each finalist shop to stream live on loop, create spotlight videos to share on social media, and meet the local hobby community. The best part is that your vote will help us decide the winner. We'll announce America's Best Card Shop at the National in Atlantic City and present a grand prize package worth over $50,000. And it includes an exclusive streaming deal with loop. Please get your submissions in today. Everyone at Loop believes that local card shops are the lifeblood of the hobby, and we couldn't be prouder of what we put together for America's Best Card Shop. We can't wait to put a spotlight on the best shops from all over the United States. Thank you.
Awesome move by Loop there. Um, look forward nominations to seeing those nominations. Are, yeah, definitely. Nominations are being taken from the public. So visit the application link on Loop's Twitter page and be sure to nominate your LCS if you think they met some of that criteria. I was going to say, we'll, we'll tweet it out too right after the... Uh, right after this segment so you can find it on our twitter if that's easier for you in other news as the sports collectible market continues to boom so does the art of selling fake and forged memorabilia the fbi has reported a steady increase of cases in the past two years a recent article on sports collectors digest took a deep dive into the topic citing that pre-pandemic fbi special agent Brian Brusokas would receive a call once a month or every two months relating to fraudulent activity within the sports memorabilia and trading card industry. However, since the hobby's explosion the past couple of years, generally a week doesn't go by that someone in the FBI Chicago division or from an outside law enforcement agency doesn't contact Brusokas about a hobby-related case. Brusokas, who is known in FBI circles as the lead agent when it comes to sports memorabilia and trading card fraud and forgeries, has certainly seen an uptick in crime as the industry has ramped up quite a few notches. He told Sports Collectors Digest in an exclusive interview, quote, the past two years, let's say during the COVID crisis, has really, really impacted the hobby in both good and bad ways. Good, getting more exposure out there to the hobby getting more people interested in it. He went on to say that, though, quote, unfortunately, with more exposure, unscrupulous people enter the marketplace and try to pull one over on the good collectors and some of the novices that are getting into the industry themselves just because they were fueled either by nostalgia purposes or just the last dance syndrome or the speculative people that are looking to make a dollar on it who really don't understand the industry, its history, or its ins and outs. For more on, and a great read, visit sportscollectorsdigest.com. Meanwhile, more drama and updates on the Marks Cards PSA group submissions fiasco, so much so that PSA had to build out an entire FAQ page on its website, which is prefaced with this declaration, which reads, Marks Cards has declared bankruptcy and PSA is named as a creditor in that action since their account was in default with our company. During a bankruptcy proceeding such as this, there is an immediate automatic stay on the assets in the bankruptcy estate. PSA has now filed a motion arguing that these cards should not be part of the Marks Cards bankruptcy estate because the cards are not their property. They were simply custodians of the cards. Now that this motion has been filed, we are pending a judgment from the court reconfirming that PSA is free to return those cards to their true and rightful owners, which is our desire and intent. The official judgment won't be made until after March 8th, which was the date of the hearing. In the meantime, PSA is continuing to gather customer information for ownership verification purposes in anticipation of when the cards can be legally returned. Well, however, the results of the March 8th hearing only resulted in the court scheduling a new hearing for April 12th, adding insult to injury, to decide on PSA's motion to return the cards 
in our possession to their owners. The reason for the postponement is the court's request for more information. PSA is attempting to obtain necessary information from Mark's cards to satisfy the court's request. So yeah, ouch. If you're one of the people whose cards are in limbo or just interested in learning more, visit the aforementioned FAQ page on the PSA website. Rob, I, I was laughing in the middle of that, and it really had nothing to do with the subject matter. Um, you know, it's good to see measures being taken. But my goodness, that graphic, was that you or James that came up with the gavel with a snail? That was me. <laughs> That's very chuckly listening. Um, well done. Less than a month after Jackie Robinson's debut ticket sold for a record-setting $480,000, a new ticket sale has eclipsed that remarkable sum and resoundingly. No, it's not the Jordan uh, autograph <laughs> ticket that we talked about earlier yet. Golden Age Auctions has confirmed the details of the private sale of a, get this, 1934 ticket from the very first Masters Golf Tournament for $600,000. Additionally, the ticket is autographed by 17 participants of the inaugural Masters, which was then called the Augusta National Invitational Tournament. There are believed to be only three known tickets from the tournament in existence today, one of which is owned by Augusta National. So I don't see that one hitting the auction block anytime soon. <laughs> Incredible piece of sports history and memorabilia there. It really is. ESPN ran a lengthy feature introducing the world to Ken Griffey Jr. super collector Jason Vass. But the reason he started collecting the Hall of Famer goes far beyond a mere love of baseball. He actually credits Griffey and collecting with saving his life. It's an incredible story that not only documents his outstanding collection, but the emotional story of a life turned upside down and thankfully turned right side up again. Be sure to check out the weekly hobby happenings post on gogts.net tomorrow with a link to the full article and all of the stories that we cover in hobby happenings. Last year, we previewed that a well-known company in the gaming space called TCG Player and their plans to enter the sports card market were building. More details of those plans were revealed and reported by Sports Collectors Daily this week. The company will be inviting sellers to list their sports cards on its marketplace beginning this summer. In exchange for a trans transaction fee that generally ranges from 8.95% to 10.25%, TCG Player enables stores as well as online and individual sellers to offer their inventory on its site with images and pricing tools. The platform has been an invaluable tool for retailers selling singles of popular TCG products like Pokemon, Magic, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Now sports card shop owners will be able to take advantage of TCG Player's proprietary in-store kiosk, which is capable of showcasing the store's card inventory as well as other options. TCG Player does not charge listing fees, and sellers who participate in the more individually tailored Pro program receive a suite of pools aimed at expanding their sales reach. There's also a direct fulfillment option similar to Check Out My Cards. 
The company says it has over 1 million customers using its marketplace right now. TCGB, TCG Player called sports cards, quote, the most financially lucrative hobby collectible product line in the world right now. Duh. <laughs> well, you say duh, but you know, I know I'm just teasing. Print runs of Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh seem even more elusive to me than print runs of Topps uh, Series 1. So <laughs> it's good to hear that from somebody in the TCG space as deep as they are. The company cited the size of the sports card industry as being nearly three times the size of the collectible card game industry. A spokesperson stated, we believe that we can create a pathway for our current local hobby store partners to take advantage of the substantial upside we see within this new product line. We are dedicated to equipping all retailers with the tools and services needed to expand into this high growth vertical. I've heard an awful lot about that in-store proprietary kiosk. I have yet to encounter one in real life, but I can't wait for it to be rolled out to the sports car market so I can. Um, more mainstream hobby coverage. TheListTV.com recently ran a video feature on the sports collectibles industry. Watch this. eBay is reporting that sales of sports cards for baseball, football, basketball, and other sports are up 140% since 2019. But these days, collectibles are more than just cards. Teresa Strasser caught up with an industry insider about new ways to collect and trade your favorite players. Collectible sports cards cross generations, but with the pandemic and world drama, some experts say it's all about a healthy escape. We reflect back on the things that are important, and then you start bringing out some of that nostalgia of collecting when you were a kid, remembering those easier days, those lighter days. Jason Howarth, vice president of marketing for Panini Sports Cards, says now is a great time to rekindle your love affair with collecting. He's here to unwrap the latest trends in the hobby, starting with retro card styles and player autographs. Panini holds the license for basketball and football cards, and this year's Elite NBA series tips their cap to the past. Elite has got a lot of those classic inserts that we throw back to. And personally, I like the dimensions look. It reminds me of the 80s. The NFL Rookies and Stars set is loaded with autographs this year. Being able to get an autograph of a player is special. You get excited no matter who it is. And special certainly describes Shohei Otani, who appears as both a hitter and pitcher on the cover of Topps Baseball this season. There's even a special set dedicated to the player's kicks. Showcasing unique sports spikes and the players who rock them. Digital cards and NFTs are also red hot this year. NBA Top Shot and NFL All Day are on offer from Dapper Labs. Tops and Panini also have their own NFT cards. Many start at a few bucks per pack. When you open up that pack, it's like the physical experience. You could pull a one of one. You could pull a great insert. Tops hit a home run with their one of one Mickey Mantle NFT, selling for around four hundred and seventy thousand bucks. We'll close it out by unwrapping up and coming sports. We've got FIFA World Cup, you know, trading cards that'll be coming out this year, and then we've got our UFC products. And the Upper Deck Company is back with their own flashy insert sets from the National Hockey League. Electromagnetic cards feature today's most buzzworthy superstars. Opening a pack full of excitement. Ooh, a Zion. With collectible cards. 
If you've been waiting for redemptions or looking forward to the next baseball product from Panini, well, the Arizona leg of their 2022 Panini Spring Training Road Trip finished up this week with dozens and dozens of MLB's brightest young stars and prospects signing autographs for this year's Panini baseball card releases. Check out this video of the tour. Jeff with Panini. We are here at the Panini Spring Training Road Show. We're here in Scottsdale, Arizona for a couple of days. We're doing a bunch of signings with prospects and rookies. We've got a ton of people coming through to do signings. We're really excited. I'm going to show you some more. It's official. Our friends at Signatures for Soldiers will once again be the charity partner for this year's National Sports Collectors Convention in Atlantic City. With this partnership comes the national auction that will benefit Signatures for Soldiers and Military Missions in Action. The biggest difference from last year is that this year's auction will be hosted and powered by Pristine Auction, one of the premier auction platforms in the hobby for sports collectibles. Pristine is donating their platform and will be waiving all seller fees, which means that 100% of the winning bid for every item will go directly to Signatures for Soldiers and MMIA. If you want to help support Signatures for Soldiers efforts at this year's National, please reach out to them on Twitter. There's a lot of ways you can help, including but not limited to donating items for sale at their booth, which is once again being donated by Ripping Wax, to donating items that will be part of the national auction, or even donating your time to help man the booth. Special congratulations to founder Tim Virgilio and the national on this continued partnership. We had a pretty big piece of news from the licensing world come out this past week with both WWE and Fanatics announcing a comprehensive long-term sports and entertainment partnership that will see Fanatics utilize its expanded digital sports platforms to create a new enhanced experience for WWE fans globally across several businesses, including e-commerce and licensed merchandise as well as traditional physical cards, digital cards, cards, and non-fungible token or NFT trading cards. Through the groundbreaking deal, WWE will benefit from many capabilities across the Fanatics platform to create more opportunities for its global fan base to showcase their pride and passion for WWE, its marquee events, and star-studded roster. The businesses that will work together to create an elevated fan experience include Fanatics Commerce, Fanatics Collectibles, and Candy Digital. Fanatics Collectibles, the company's trading cards and collectibles division, will also become the exclusive provider of licensed WWE physical and digital trading cards, 
which will once again bear the Nostalgic Tops logo. That aspect of the deal will commence when WWE's existing trading card rights expire with Panini sometime over the next few years. Also under terms of the agreement, later this year, Fanatic's next-generation digital collectibles company, Candy Digital, will become one of WWE's primary NFT partners. Candy's team of world-class digital artists, designers, and technologists will curate and build a full range of high-quality trading card NFTs featuring WWE's biggest moments and biggest stars. Cool. In other licensing news, USA Baseball and Panini of America have extended their exclusive trading card agreement for the second time since 2012. The extension continues Panini America's status as the official baseball card of USA Baseball and grants Panini America exclusive trading card category rights to all USA Baseball marks, as well as the annual collegiate 18U and 15U national teams and the organization's national team development programs as well. The sixth edition of Stars and Stripes USA Baseball will be the first product launched under the new extension. 2022 Stars and Stripes USA Baseball will arrive next week, April 8th, and incorporates more than 40 members of the 2021 collegiate national team, as well as members of the 18U and 15U national team. The 16U, 17U National Team Development Program and the 13U, 14U Athlete Development Program as well. Hobby Boxes will deliver unique autographs and game-worn memorabilia cards from current national teams and alumni. Continuing under the details of the latest extension, Panini America logo patches will remain on USA Baseball uniforms and Panini America will manufacture at least one standalone product devoted exclusively to USA Baseball annually. Additionally, USA Baseball content will be featured throughout Panini's complete line of baseball card products. Panini America is also bringing back the slam cover cards in 2021-22 Hoops NBA Basketball retail products. This wildly popular insert set was first introduced last season and immediately found an audience of enthusiastic collectors. The set is based on actual slam magazine cover art that the publication has featured through the years. The 2021 hoop set features a brand new series of the slam cover art with a show stopping checklist featuring many of the NBA's most celebrated players. And again, this year, these inserts are exclusive to retail configurations. Yes, they are. While at the Mint Collective last week, Ivan and I had the opportunity to meet a young man by the name of Blake, who is 10 years old and makes custom trading cards for charity. Mm. But we weren't the only ones to meet this inspiring collector. Watch this. I use um, my love for sports and people to create trading cards that give 100% of proceeds to charity. That's awesome. And um, I have a question, one last question. Do you want to see some of my cards? Yeah, absolutely, I do. I know uh, your son is a collector. Yeah. So I was thinking I could give him one of my cards. Awesome. That was very cool. So this card is actually to raise money for... um. 
charities for children who lost their parents as first responders in 9-11. Thank you very much, Blake. I appreciate it. Can I keep these or do I have to give them to my, to my kids? You can keep them. Okay, good. Maybe I I'll have, split them. I have plenty more. Maybe I'll split them. Completely fine with Maybe them. I'll split them. We'll share them. So, I'm honored. Thank they you very much. You want to I appreciate it. I still want to get a picture with you. Oh. All right, man. Good to meet you, pal. I appreciate it. Keep up the great work, man. That's awesome. Proud of you. Rob, we've got a huge piece of hobby news right after this, but I'm going to interrupt hobby happenings to just say, like, look at that video that we just saw of a kid meeting Peyton Manning. I know. Like, we lose sight of so much. And like, is the hobby getting too big? Are there too many celebrities? It's entertainment and it's bringing fans closer to the experience. I, and, and Peyton so was hanging on his every to. word, you know? It yeah. was cool. Yeah. So awesome of Blake. Hopefully we can have some some more news with Blake or bring him on the show at some point in the near future. Uh, now, in terms of the hobby's possibly biggest news, arguably, probably not arguably, biggest news of the last week. If you did not see it here, we will break it to you. Uh, breaking news. Drake, famous music artist with 60 million, 30 million, uh, uncountable millions of Instagram followers was at it again this week, continuing his hunt for the flaw, the elusive flawless LeBron James NBA logo man card. But that wasn't the only grail he was chasing as evidenced by this photo posted by Ken Golden that includes boxes of 1986 Fleer and 2003 Topps Chrome basketball, among others. Naturally, you're going hunting for the goat first. And sure enough, Drake pulled his airness in the very first pack of that break that he did in conjunction with Ken Golden and Golden Company. Look at that smile. Uh, In total, he pulled three Jordan base rookies as well as three Jordan sticker cards from the box. No word yet on the results of the flawless cases. Do we know if he even broke them or is that like, is he teasing it out? I, I think he just know. went on a 24-hour break binge. <laughs> I don't know. Or are we going to get more from Drake? I'm sure uh, either way, exciting. Yeah, exciting production from Golden and, and Drake on that. Well, when CSG entered the grading market last year, one of the big knocks on the company was their slab label. Responding to collector criticism, the company went back to the proverbial drawing board. And this week, Sports Collectors Digest reported that the company has released its new and improved certification label. CSG's bold new black, silver, and gold label, which looks so much better, replaces the older green label is said to be the result of months of research and development, including market studies, focus groups, and extensive testing, according to CSG officials. Additionally, CSG is also updating its grading scale to align more closely with the sports card collecting market as a whole. The CSG Pristine 10 grade will be replaced by a CSG Gem Mint 10 grade, which corresponds to the grades used by other sports card grading services. The next highest grade will be CSG Mint Plus 9.5, and CSG will continue to assign the CSG Perfect 10 grade to the very best cards, which have flawless centering corners edges and surface all cards that merit a csg perfect 10 will receive subgrades for free 
with no special request required. Subgrades will be discontinued for other grades. Interesting news there um, for those of us that have collected them. Be interested to see the collector response as uh, we see more of those new slabs hit the market. Will they re-slab for free? That's what I want to know. Um, I, I believe it. I believe that did say that they'll accept re-slabs for free. Interesting. Double, or maybe it was $5. It was something, it was very nominal. I think nominal. it was $5. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just saw in the chat. This is two weeks worth of news, I guess. Wow. Yeah, we still got two pages. So stick with us. Um, this next news I'm reporting on, uh, I'm very hopeful that there's just a server issue that's going on right now. Um, just read. But we believe, uh, you may recall a few weeks ago, we spoke with Starstock co-founder and CEO Scott Greenberg about the company's shifting focus away from a sports card marketplace. Well, this week we've received further details uh, from their email statement that reads, we have restructured our team and are working on the next steps of our business. While we will continue to serve our card marketplace, we have moved a good portion of our resources towards building a digital collectibles NFT product that we are excited to share with you all very soon. While this is certainly a shift in a new direction, we want to reiterate that the sports card marketplace will remain active. Starstock continues to process and ship cards and wax every day. Current shipping times are around two to three months for raw requests and one month for graded only requests. Shipping prices have been reduced from 50 cents a card to 20 cents a card. Uh, PayPal and check withdrawal requests are currently being processed in five business days or less. And the company's March and April PSA submissions are in the grading step with users having the option to put them in the vault or have them shipped direct. The statement concludes, we appreciate the patience as we've been working on what's next for our company. We are really excited about our future and believe many of you will be too. As always, we appreciate the support. Well, PSA's parent company, Collectors Universe, has rebranded as Collectors. Additionally, the company also announced it's raised an additional $100 million in new funding bringing the company's current valuation to $4.3 billion. Just 13 months ago, Collectors Universe was purchased by Nat Turner and a group of other investors for $853 million. Part of the new funding will go towards the opening of a secure 11,000-square-foot facility in Delaware that will allow customers to grade cards and have them immediately transferred to its vault. In a story published by Forbes yesterday, PSA said that it now has more than 100 people devoted strictly to grading cards, which is more than double the number of employees that made up that department at the start of 2021. Wow guess all that hiring worked out. PSA is currently grading well over 30,000 cards per day. The Forbes article also reported that Collectors currently has about $1.6 billion worth of cards inside its facilities. Sports Collectors Daily cites that Collectors currently has a total of about 1,200 employees with plans to add nearly 800 more in the current year. And as they reported just a couple weeks ago, it will be opening a large new facility in New Jersey later this year and another office in Seattle in addition to an office in Japan. 
A recent article in Fortune discussed the current state of the collectibles industry as it relates to both physical trading cards and NFTs. Fanatics Collectibles Chief Vision Officer Josh Luber was featured in the article while plugging the new Zero Cool brand, which was showcased at the Mint Collective this past week, uh, with their next set being dedicated to the Jackass franchise. When asked, how can rare cards maintain their value if companies continue to produce trading card? Sorry. Luber responded in the article with, quote, that's the question. How do we 10x the market, 50x the market without creating oversupply and ruining the value of the cards? There's a big paradox there. There's not an easy answer. The answer is we have to become more creative, end quote. And that will obviously be the company's biggest challenge as they continue to reinforce the idea of wanting to bring in 50 million new collectors into the market. How do you do that without oversupplying the market really is not an easy answer. And it will be curious to see how Fanatics balances those two sides of the equation. Absolutely. Well, in addition to rolling out what appears to be a new logo, Beckett has announced that they too are launching their own vault service. A recent press release states that, quote, utilizing proprietary NFT minting and blockchain technology, Beckett Vault pioneers a new frontier of alternative asset trading by allowing collectors to trade faster, more securely, and more conveniently with digital assets that represent their physical collectibles. It goes on to say Beckett Vault takes customers through a four-step process with collectors first sending their cards or alternative assets to Beckett via mail, similar to its traditional services. Secondly, Beckett Vault grades, authenticates, and slabs cards similar to its traditional services. Thirdly, Beckett Vault ensures, protects, and store cards or alternative assets in a highly secure physical vault. Lastly, collectors receive a custom-minted blockchain-secured NFT that represents the right to instantly trade the asset. In this product offering, Beckett Vault draws on its strength in physical authentication and vaulting to create a new digital marketplace that allows collectors to trade faster, more securely, and more conveniently. Close quote. A search of the company's website and Google provided no further details on when the service will start or its pricing structure, but you can be sure we will fill you in when we have those details. With the popularity of the sports collectibles market, it should come as no surprise that Hollywood was sure to want to come along for the ride. We've told you about multiple documentaries in the works and series, including The Hobby and The Golden Touch. And now here comes one of one. Here's a look at the trailer. 16 months ago, I didn't own a single trading card. been a change and a shift in the sports card. The hobby is growing and we're excited to be part of it. You know, I, mean, I don't think the hobby is going anywhere. Now I have a collection valued over a million dollars. Sound the alarm for that one. That is nasty. Sports cards, huh? The trading card hobby is a billion dollar industry that nobody is talking about. And I'm going to be the guy that tells you all about it. We had our biggest month ever in May of 2020, and the storefront was closed. 29. This is not the hobby your grandfather told you about. How much money per month? No, estimate. 
Are you buying in wax? A lot. Six figures? Seven a week. Seven figures a week? This hobby is completely different. How much are you sitting on right now in, in just inventory? Probably close to 55 million. I thought this next story was really interesting. Yahoo Finance announced this week the launch of an index and several sub-indices covering the values of alternative assets and fractionalized collectibles. The total collectibles index in partnership with pricing culture is the best gauge of the fractionized collectionable collectibles market of SEC registered cultural assets, Yahoo Finance said. The index tracks 11 sub-indexes covering several market sectors, including sports cards and memorabilia, comic books, video games, securitized NFTs, and entertainment memorabilia, to name a few. The index also includes their respective index market caps. Yahoo reports that over 1,000 assets are available as fractional assets, representing a value of $500 million in market capitalization. The company is the first in the industry to cover the collectibles category with an index of this nature with up-to-date information. Yahoo Consumer President uh, Joanna Lambert said, Diversifying a portfolio with cultural assets is continuing to drive interest with investors, and it's no surprise digital collectibles are making headway across finance, sports, and more. And then finally, if there's been one name that has been absolutely synonymous with a single company for the better part of almost 25 years, it's Chris Carlin and Upper Deck. Shortly after our last show two weeks ago, our friend announced that he was leaving Upper Deck to take a position at Collectors as the Director of Customer Experience. We're so glad he's staying in the industry, and I just wanted to personally say thank you, Chris, for all your support through the years. And that's a look at this week's Hobby Happenings. Oh, my gosh. That was a lot. <laughs> 6.54, and we haven't even ripped a pack yet tonight. Whew. Oh, most that of wasn't... all that was from this week, too. That's what's crazy. I guess that should be. Yeah, it wasn't even, the, though. wasn't even the two-week double up. It was just everything that's been just rolling up. We weren't even able to jump back too much into last week. Um, but I love the last story. Uh, absolutely awesome for Chris to try something new. I mean, he was a stalwart at Upper Deck. Uh you know, I've, I've been Facebook friends with him, and he actually posts a lot of um, stuff on Facebook when he's going through things or reposts from 20 years ago of <laughs> things he came across. And so it's just it's exciting. But I got to bump into him at the Mint Collective. Did, did you get to see him there, Rob? I did. I bumped into him while I was on my way from point A to point B. But I got a uh, time for a hug, and I uh, sent him a DM on Twitter saying, uh, if you're at the national, we got to be sure to sit out and spend some time. So. Well, he's always been excited about the hobby, um, and always loved what he, what he, he's, he did, but it was really cool just to see the extra jump in his step, taking on a new challenge. So Absolutely. congrats, Chris, hopefully we can get him on sometime to talk about what he's doing now. Um, and yeah, that's a challenging position. I mean, 
customer experience at collectors. Yeah, give me my cards. That's probably <laughs> like the biggest demand, right? All right, let's no small prize. All right, that's, awesome. that's going to do it for this episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Uh, thanks to James Gale behind the scene, keeping everything running smoothly. Ivan Lovegren, as always. Um, we'll have hope to have on Jason Yangling next week. Also, thanks to Scott Allen at Super Break. Um, I don't even know who to thank at Upper Deck anymore. Uh, I'll just say Mike Phillips for now. And I know, right? Uh, Jeff and Scotty at uh, Panini. Um, and also Emily Kless for ha having sent a couple extra boxes of opening day to beef up those swag bags. Um, I think, I think I got everybody, Ivan, right? Okay. I think so. If not know that we do appreciate you and we're blessed by you Absolutely. and we can't wait to see you next week. There you go. We will be back with a brand new episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show, next week. In the meantime, you know what to be doing. Always be collecting. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>